It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio. The voice of freedom, the out loud truth. Come to hear military and intel experts. AmericaOutloud.com plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen to us on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, Alexa, and we stream 24-7. So be here and no- be nowhere. You got to be here and nowhere. And also our shows go to podcast typically, yeah, one to two days after the broadcast on the talk radio. And you can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Pod- Podcast, and many more. Hey, be sure to subscribe and rate the National Security Hour on Apple Podcasts for us. It gives us an indication what's happening, okay? And be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, and the videos so that we can help secure America's future. You can find out more about our show, the National Security Hour, and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar at americaoutloud.com under the show schedule and then you'll be in the know so with liberty and justice for all on the national security hour welcome back dr michael Scheuer, and i'll be i'll be your co-host today colonel mike we're so happy to have with us today on the show as a special guest sergeant sangari and let me just give you a little bit about who he is sergeant sangari uh he runs the near east center for the strategic engagement, and that is creating enduring and mutually supportive relationships through a comprehensive approach to partnership. He's also a retired lieutenant colonel, has many years experience in the Near East and the Middle East, and we want to welcome him first time to the National Security Hour. Sergeant, welcome to the show. It's good to be here, guys. And, And we're very happy to have you on, and I know we can talk about multiple things, regarding what's going on in the world geopolitics. So we'd like you to open it up first for us, start us out, and then we can go for there. What do, what do you see right now? What are you feeling right now with regard to past elections just recently within Turkey? What's going on in our country and the globe? Start it up. Well, I have to tell you, it's kind of, um, I was thinking about it just uh, yesterday. It has a kind of a same feel globally prior to 9-11. Of course, a lot of people didn't see 9-11 coming with the attacks that took place here, which is the reason why I established my company in honor of the uh, Americans who were murdered on our soil and also the first responders who are still dying. And I know we're coming up to that anniversary of 9-11 and uh, uh, the world kind of felt the same. Uh, you know, for us, our focus is really on the Middle East. If you kind of think about it, uh, all the turmoil that's taking place in the Middle East, uh, you know, Saudi uh, has just signed uh, uh, approval to purchase uh, drones from Turkey. Um, uh, the uh, airports in northern Iraq and the, in the Kurdish Iraqi north, Erbil and Sulaymaniyah were recently closed. Uh, because uh, uh, there were drones that were flying and nobody knew who controlled these drones up mm-hmm. in the air. 
the uh, uh, GOI, of course, runs those airports through the air tower in Tikrit, and they had no clue what was happening. Uh, you have Turkey now attacking into northern uh, Iraq uh, uh, against the PKK, literally walking in anytime, conducting operations uh, without the GOI doing anything about it. Uh, there's a lot of Unfortunately for us, Assyrian Christian villages are being hit because that's where the PKK Kurdish groups are hiding out, uh, using those villages. And then, uh, of course, our our people and our facilities are getting hit. I- Iran is attacking inside of uh, Iraq 24-7 uh, because it's trying to attack the Kurdish that be- believes uh, are responsible for the supply and the help efforts of the uprisings that are taking place in Iran. And again, GOI is not able to do anything about it. Um, Russia and Iran are, uh, you know, uh, building up their force structure capabilities. Of course, with Russia's more of an interest of the warm water ports it has in Syria uh, against U.S. forces. And now you've seen uh, uprising in the region where you had protests initially when the U.S. forces wanted to leave uh, Iraq with uh, rocks being thrown at U.S. forces. You see a uh, higher uptick of those type of protests, both in Syria, asking for the U.S. forces to leave, and also in Iraq. Uh, well, hang we... on a second. Let's go to Dr. Mike on that. Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's just a continued remnant of our interventionism in the world. Uh, we upset us, you know, whether we like the government or not, we upset a durable government and ruined it in Iraq. Uh, we, we went to Afghanistan and did very little there uh, in terms of winning the war. And when we switched over to democracy, that was a foregone uh, loss, a foregone conclusion that it would be a loss. So I think the Turks and the Iranians feel like they can do pretty much whatever they want to do at the moment. And I think, uh, of course, uh, uh, Sargis is much more in, uh, knowledgeable about this than I am, but From an old perspective now, from an old man, I really, we don't see much open source reporting or reporting of any kind about the rebuilding of ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any of those other groups. And it it worries me when when uh, Sargis mentioned 9-11 or pre-9-11, it worries me that we don't have a handle on where they are and what they're doing and and, uh, how well they're doing it. Well, you know, uh, Mike, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, in the northern Iraq, where we think that we have at least allies, uh, you know, China is there um, in the university trying to teach Mandarin Chinese to the Kurds. Unfortunately, the Kurdish parliament has been dissolved. Uh, They don't have a budget. They're not even selling oil anymore. There's no uh, understanding of when they're going to have possibly a next elections. The GOI is not giving them money. Um, saying that, you know, they're tied to corruption and uh, um, other type of charges. Uh, and look, as we, Mike had mentioned uh, on Turkey, you know, when uh, Erdogan, uh, again, was able to settle his papers with Western powers and stayed in, in play uh, for uh, another uh, few years, uh, Norman uh, um, uh, Kodromos, uh, who became the speaker of the Turkish parliament, um, he was able to go in, uh, in this case, Erdogan, and actually uh, um, have a vice president and three cabinet ministers that are Kurds that are specifically from Turkey. Uh, 
dividing the Kurdish groups. In the past, keep in mind where U.S. came in and actually got them together, all these three factions to work together. Now they're divided. And then after being elected to the new speaker of the Turkish parliament, he stated that as a nation, we should set new goals and uh, new horizons. All of us um, in the uh, second century of the Republic of Turkey, uh, which he called the uh, Turkish century, uh, which Turkey was main player when it came to supporting of uh, ISIS and, and ISIL in the region in 2014-2017. And then um, I really uh, uh, talked about as far as the fact that we have to clean house, meaning that, you know, you have to clean the Kurdish issues, both in Turkey as they're bombing him in Iraq uh, and Iran is bombing him in Iraq and cleaning them out of the uh, areas in Syria. So this has that same feeling that everything's kind of gearing towards squeezing U.S. Uh, out of the region. And uh, it, this is what happened before we had the whole attack on 9-11 that took place. You kind of felt that we're in that um, we're in that kind of a window right now. All right. I yeah. want to rewind that a second. So you mentioned the name uh, who probably most Americans and maybe some people around the globe. No, the you said that one of these people were uh, appointed the speaker. So you mentioned his name. He's a Kurd, correct? And then you said there's three parties. They're trying to divide the Kurds, correct? Uh, Sarge, is that what you said? Well, I think Turkey is doing it, uh, working with the Iranians. I think they kind of settled their papers on it, because if you think about it, uh, not only did he, did Erdogan come in and now, incorporated Kurds in his uh, new government, and these are Kurds inside of Turkey loyal to him, uh, but he's bombing him in Iraq. Iran is bombing the Kurds in in uh, Iraq. The two factions are being bombed in Iraq, one by Turkey as the PKK factions are infiltrating there, but really is kind of hitting the Barzani guys and then Jalal Talabani's guys in uh, who are tied to Iran, some of them are even being hit by the Iranians in Iraq. So the Kurds are getting smashed in the region. But isn't the Kurd, isn't the Kurd problem or issue, let's say issue, wasn't that on the table with him re in regards to having discussions with the NATO, uh, bringing in another uh, country into NATO, and somehow or another there was a deal cut with Erdogan and Sweden? How did that work out? I don't know. Well, I think that that piece was because he wanted Sweden in order to be able to go after the opposition, Kurdish opposition that is living abroad in Sweden. And he wanted to mm -hmm. basically uh, uh, suppress in Sweden for him to give the approval for Swedish government to allow them to enter NATO. Um, so that's that's another kind of a outreach that he's done. Keep in mind, when I did my first year anniversary for Near East Center, um, I did write about how Turkey was using uh, uh, immigrants as a weapon system to keep uh, the EU hostage to them. And now if you're looking at the phosphorus trade where, you know, Russia needs to move its uh, goods and services through Crimea, and then we could talk about that on the uh, uh, back end, uh, the next segment, it really was looking at uh, – uh, where he's now has a lot of contractual obligations with the Chinese Communist Party, really developing the phosphorus uh, straits area. And if uh, as he's developed that rail line that runs through it, um, it is very much possible that he's much more shifting towards the SCO with the SCO, uh, which is led by China and and uh, has signatories like Iran and Russia with it, giving it approval 
for him to be able to conduct the cleansing that he needs to do for this next iteration that he's in the office of finally settling the Kurdish issue across the entire region of the Middle well, East. Well, I'm going to give you my take on it. And I think Mike remembers it might have been this time last year, Mike, when I coined him the Sultan of Turkey. Uh, the guy's great at what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's making his moves, right? Uh, he's got the Americans where he needs them. He not, he's got the EU need, where he needs them. And he's got the Chinese and he's still friends with Russia, right? So no matter what anybody thinks about him, okay, he's still the Sultan of Turkey. And he won again. Now, hey, listen, <laughs> you see what happened in our country, how the elections work here. It's like, uh, what, what did Frank Sinatra's famous statement was? If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, <laughs> right? New York, New York. Well, that's the way it goes now in the election business, you know? If you could cheat over here, you could cheat anywhere. And do we know? We don't know. But here's the thing. He's smart enough to pull in one section, and you'll know more than us, and we'll talk about it on the other side. One section of the Kurds, which were loyal to him. But remember, he's brought in so many immigrants into that nation now, right, Sarges? You know, Afghanis get immediate citizen. Everybody gets immediate immediate citizenship. So he's got his coalition of other nations inside his country now as Turkish citizens. So no matter what happens inside Turkey, he still has this coalition. So uh, like we don't understand. I mean, personally, I don't understand the Kurd situation. You'll explain it. But um, I didn't know there was that many factions. But it's funny that you have a guy that's in the parliament now who's a Kurd. And yet he's not speaking about bombings. And these are going on right now as we speak these, this month in July. They're bombing the Kurds in Iraq and so on. Is this present now, right now, Sarges? Yeah, I mean, uh, Turkey is doing it not maybe every day, but Iran is conducting 24-hour operations against the Kurds inside mm -hmm. of uh, Iraq. And uh, one other piece to be mentioned, uh, the uh, um, the Christians are not in a better place in Iraq either. The uh, uh uh, cardinal um, of the uh, Catholic uh, Catholics in uh, Iraq, um, um, Sacco, who basically has uh, uh, immunities from the Vatican, was uh, ending his uh, his uh, mandatory retirement age this month, and uh, the Iraqi police was going to be sent to to pick him up, and he ended up having to leave. Uh, um, Baghdad, Iraq, uh, went to Turkey, released a letter um, with the hopes that he could come back maybe to Kurdish North. But in the past, if you at least escape Baghdad, you could go to Kurdish North. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen because it's possible that the Kurds are under such a tremendous strain that they would turn him over to the GOI. And I think this is who is the, the GOI? Tell us the, tell government, us the, GOI the, the government of Iraq. And I think this okay, is a stage setter for maybe not just dealing with the Kurdish issue, but doing something to finally settle the Christians uh, issue in, in the region. And the Christians are not in a good position. All right. It, so here, here, here's, here's that. Here's how I take that. All right. Uh, you know, as a citizen of America, there's one thing we do really, really well. Okay. When we spend money and we spend it in the billions, there's nothing like going and spending money on, uh, Christian persecutions. We love spending money in, in countries where they persecute Christians. Nobody does it better than America. We always give our money to the countries who will persecute Christians. And then back home, we'll sing this Kumbaya song of, yes, this is a very Judeo-Christian nation. And we have 
the only democracy in the Middle East. We have heard that many times. The only democracy in our great ally, the only democracy in the Middle East, where they spit on Christians and, you know, they hate Christians too. But that's where we give our money. We give our money and we have these relationships like, well, we don't want to upset somebody because they're Christian, right? We're coming down to the last two minutes. If you got to say something, Mike or Sargis, before we go to commercial, go ahead. Well, I think that's one thing that Christians must know is that the American cavalry is not coming for them anymore. Or we, they won't even get a, 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 you know, barely a statement in the in the House of Representatives or the Senate. But boy, say something bad about Israel, like, and your Pence comes after you like a like a, uh, you know, like a whirlwind. It's Nikki a, Haley, Pence, John Bolton. You could name them all, Mike. Come on, be honest. There's well, a sure. Call here. <laughs> well, not not only do we don't care what happens to Christians overseas, we're spying on them and trying to create them as as terrorists here at home. And who would be pushing that agenda, Doctor Mike? <laughs> you got <laughs> well, one minute. You got one minute. Go ahead. Well, certainly the the Democratic Party as a whole, but the Israelis are very much involved through the Anti Defamation League and through the Southern Poverty Law Center in tracking Christians as, who are traditionalists, whatever that means. So I think we're at a, we're at a period where we have our, our great ally in the Middle East assisting in the uh, persecution of Christians inside the United States. And we have famous generals that, that cooperate with them in companies and corporations there. And we got to take it to the other side. We'll come back after the break. You're on the National Security Hour with Dr. Mike. And Colonel Mike, and our guest is Sarge Sangari. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. You're on the National Security Hour. 
with Dr. Mike Shoya, Colonel Mike, and our guest today, Sarges Sangari. We're going to continue the conversation where we left off about the Middle East, what's happening, Turkey, Iraq, Iran, and Sarges has thoughts on 9-11. So, Sarges, you can expand on this segment. Go ahead, sir. Um, so, look, uh, it's not just the Middle East. Middle East is a part of the entire uh, piece of it, right? As far as the expansion of the um, uh, SEO, Shanghai Corporation Organization, led by China. Um, if you look at it, uh, it also expands into the uh, plateaus of uh, Tibet uh, it, with them moving in and actually taking over the uh, waters and the tributaries, damming them up, putting pressure on India. Um, it has uh, a lot to do with what they're doing even uh, on our borders uh, when it comes to into, um, uh, the border between Mexico and the United States. A lot of Chinese nationals moving in. Um, the Chinese Communist Party striking a deal with the uh, uh, various different um, um, organizer crime um, and um, uh, other operatives uh, inside of Mexico. Um, uh, trying to ensure that they have the access to the uh, rich resources uh, that Mexico has, especially when it comes to the iron ore. I know that the uh, cartel there is uh, getting uh, probably $5 per pound uh, moving the iron ore for the uh, Chinese. They don't have to sign that contract with the Mexican government as long as they have the illegal networks that they work with. And uh, these same networks or the same routes that are used for uh, so-called Chinese nationals to move into, you know, sometimes through Turkey uh, and to um, Africa, if need be, or fly directly into South America, uh, bypass the Daring Gap and move into the United States. So uh, the the issue we're dealing with is uh, when it comes to these actors, Russia, Iran and uh China working together to include uh, you know, Iran, as you know, Mike, signing an agreement to uh, basically uh, ship advanced weapon system to Bolivia. Uh, we're in a bad position. Um, what are we going to do about it? I really don't know how we're going to be able to resolve these type of global geostrategic issues with a uh, Congress that changes every two years and a presidency that changes every four years. Um, so all we can do is hope that the uh, incoming leadership in 2024 is going to put us in a position where we could deal maybe strongly uh, against um, some of these global actors that are just advancing their own agenda. Uh, I recently had a, uh, uh, a discussion with Jennifer Zhang, who's on our Near East board, um, and we were looking at what happened prior to 2019 in September before the uh, COVID virus was unleashed on the uh, planet. And uh, we realized that it was the fact that uh, the uh, um, Chinese internal, um, uh, or I should say the Chinese Communist Party internal control uh, on its economy was failing. Uh, and what was more saddening about that entire process was that um, it is very much possible that the question has to be asked, uh, was this uh, so-called COVID release done in order for China to be able to have access to those $6 trillion that was able to actually uh, 
get his hands on, on a large portion of it when it came to us being dependent on them for uh, whether it be masks or the uh, uh, any other type of medical device. Great point. Device it's a great needed. point, Sarge. That's a very good point. So they did. They made six trillion dollars off COVID. Well, six trillion globally, and most yeah. of it was what they were able to get their hands on to reset themselves. Um, especially what was happening. You know, I never uh, heard that. That's a very good point. Go ahead, uh, continue. Be, because if you think about it, it was uh, in, in 2019. This is a, I'm going to look at, I have Financial Times in front of me. This was a Financial Times report. Um, and it's uh, going back to September of 2019. It says, uh, quote, investors, bankers, and policymakers were left stunned in September when the cost of borrowing cash overnight in exchange for higher quality uh, collateral such as U.S. government debt short higher uh, or shot higher, uh, unquote. And then, uh, quote, the repo spike, which um, uh, I think we're going to have to explain a little bit about um, how that process works for the audience, uh, uh, caused the Fed to conduct repurchasing operations, its first intervention in the funding markets since the Great Recession, unquote. So then, then the question has to be asked, it was coincident, right? Uh, or is it coincidence that uh, just as we had this financial shock in the repo markets in September of 2019 to just a few months later, we had a pandemic that provided the uh, incentive to flood the global financial system with over $6 trillion in government stimulus and, and debt. Uh, now, the problem we have, as I stated initially in the first segment, where it feels like 9-11, like something is going to pop is that China is having huge financial issues internally. And yes. the only way the CCP can hold on to its power is to be able to reset that market because the money that they made from the pandemic is drying up. So are we going to have another uh, catastrophe that's going to hit us globally? Uh, could it be another possible um, um, type of a virus that hits us that you know forces more stimuli to be put in there globally or might well, look be something what happened else. to us. Look what happened to us too, Sargis. You had not only they their economy was tanking at the time, but then we had an election, which they had, you know, they had to secure some kind of damage to America, right? And now the same look at what's happening. Like you just mentioned, we have weapons going down to Bolivia, we have them doing things in Cuba, we have balloons flying over our country. Uh they're buying all these uh farmlands and, and real estate around military installations. And thank God for Ron DeSantis. He's just put a bill in there about uh, foreign nationals buying land in Florida, certain land, like let's say farmland and stuff around military installations. Now, let me tell you what the CCP is doing right now, no doubt in America. They're working on the Asian American community, the people who are, let's say, uh, nationalized here or born here. And you're going to start seeing the protests where, hey, you know, come on, man, you guys are racist. You don't like Asian-Americans. No, no, no. We're going to go have to go back to a World War II strategy. OK, and that is we don't know who you are, whether you're born here, whether you're not. You, you know, listen, you only hear about the Japanese that went to interim camps, right? The Germans went, the Italians went. I'm sure everybody else went, too. OK, if they had you under, under control or uh, you're under the eye. OK, so. Look, it's the CCP's got front groups here, okay? 
They got people here and they're financing people here. They got tons of people in the American media. They're, they're financing podcasts. They're financing all kinds of alternative media. They got a lot of people, including many Americans in podcasts. The CCP is, is supporting them with financial money through front groups that are in America, Asian American organizations. We know it. It's a fact. Okay. Bottom line is you're not going to be able to buy the land because now the CCP, they know that everybody's watching them since they bought this land around military installations and they had the balloons, right? Everybody's watching them. So what's going to happen? They got to go to their front groups. Look, what country allows other people to have police stations in their cities? We did it. We allowed that in New York City. We allowed it in other cities, right? Can you go open up a New York City police station in Beijing? You know you can't, right? You won't even be able to open up a, a kennel, okay? A canine kennel. So, you know, these are very, you're, you're talking about something that makes sense, 9-11 coming up. Dr. Mike, I got to hear your your interpretation of my, what's well, I think Yeah, I, I think that that's a, 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 valu, a valuable point. And it, 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 I think we, Doctor or Colonel Mike, we've talked about this a, a number of times, but it always I cannot figure out how, um, within two years of the Soviet Union or three years after the Soviet Union fell, because of continuing Western pressure, especially United States pressure and arming and and uh, economic power. We forgot every lesson we learned about why we opposed the Soviet Union in terms of its its behavior, its aggressiveness, its nuclear threats, its the treat the treatment of its people, all of that stuff. And instead of turning and saying, "Okay, we're half done," now we now we destroy China, or the Chinese Communist Party. We kiss their ass and let them come into the world. Uh, what do they call it? World Trade Association. And they're still treated as an as a developing country. It's WTO, like, World Trade Org. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like we completely forgot the threat they they would pose if we built their economy, which is what we did. Now you would think, what you just said is sanity. It's almost like we forgot, but you have to remember, and you do remember, and Sarges remembers that they started buying us up late in if George H W. Then they had the Clinton administration, right? Yes, very true. And then they had, and then they had H.W. Jr., right? And then they had Obama. So they they've been buying American politicians. In fact, they got wholesale prices recently. Yeah. You know, now, and the Biden's been in the game for a long, long time. You know, this laptop and all the stuff about the Biden family—that's that's nothing new. I mean, come on, Joe Biden's been in, in, in a member of Congress for how long, right? I mean. They, these guys have been buying the parliament. They've been buying the governors. You know, Sargis, where you live, they, they used to have a term, the salt of the earth, the people in the Midwest, hardworking people. These guys are more corrupt than the, than the mafia ever was in New York City. OK, salt of the earth. They approved all of these farmlands to be taken and sold. Oh, we can't get good prices. We have to re, we have to wholesale and sell pork to the Chinese. There's a billion there's a billion people market. How many times did we hear that story with global trade? There's a billion people market. And what are they sending over? Garden hoses? What, what do we give them? Valves for a garden hose? Oh, yeah, we're going to open up the markets. No. What happened is they opened up the pockets in America and filled them. Look, you got to give the Chinese the credit. You got to give the CCP the credit. 
they saw the hooers and they came to the dance and that's the bottom line. Go ahead, Sarge. Well, I, I mean, uh, the, the sad part is that they use our own money to pay back to us to buy those uh, favors. You know, when um, Hitler became the chancellor of uh, Germany, the first thing he did was his first layer of protection was making bi- millions of dollars, millions of dollars, multimillionaires. Um, then the second layer that protected those multimillionaires uh, was making millions you know, it wasn't making the amounts that they were making it, but it was a consistent feeder uh, through uh, basically buying the control and the support of the state apparatus. And then, then you get the third layer that came in, and that third layer was those bureaucrats that were, of course, making good money, uh, but were basically bureaucrats who were going to do uh, everything because the government told them you need to do it and it's best for the government. And then the ones that uh, needed uh, ended up. All right, stop uh, right there. Stop right there. How would you compare that to today? Google, well, Apple. Tell me, how would you compare it? It's the same thing today. You well, see, well, we talk about works. the Russian oligarch. We talk about the Russian oligarch all the time. America has American oligarchs. They're called congressmen, senators, and big corporations. Am I right or wrong? No, look, uh, it, you're right um, it, from a perspective that it is the same because, look, a franchise is a franchise. You could put chicken on a franchise, it will work. You could put pizza in it, it will work. You could put, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, car industry and it will work. Uh, and and what uh, I was saying, Hitler was able to do, and especially the third layer uh, that he set up, really he used sexual favors, you know, uh, to make sure that that third layer was compromised. He didn't give him as much money. Uh, but he made sure that they were somehow compromised and uh, uh, were under his thumb. And then, then you, you know, get the fourth layer, which rationalizes and goes against their own gut and says, well, we have to do this because it's the right thing to do. As an example, we have an American voter goes, well, this guy is the president, although your gut, you may say he might be the most corrupt person who might be doing everything bad for the country. But, uh, you know, you rationalize why you need to support them or walk in and vote for them. And that that's pretty much how he controlled Germany. And that's the same formula that you can see here in the United States. Uh, whether it be from the Epstein Islands, uh, uh, you know, list of uh, folks to uh, the multi-millionaires who are going to be using whatever money they're making in China, coming back and actually using it to support the Chinese uh, lobbyists uh, with their own money to be able to still continue that relationship because the relationship and having access to power for these people was much more important in status than it is to be able to break away from uh, that mold and say, you know what, uh, I need to take a, another direction because the country at all is more important to me. There are some folks on this planet who literally, given the money and the riches that they have, they're like, well, you know what, if Russia uses a new tactical nuke, uh, you know, we can always come back uh, on the back end of it and be much better off and uh, we'll probably make more money. That's that's how these people go through these, uh, uh, you know, equations that they do as far as uh, which side they want to support or not support. Take a look at the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you want to look at that. I think we're at a break here. 
No, we got we got two more minutes, Mike. Two minutes? I'm sorry. Two minutes. No, to go, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so if you take a look at their stocks right now and where their stocks are, we've depleted pretty much uh, all the uh, ammunition we had. The reason we use sending different uh, the cluster bombs to the uh, uh, to the Ukrainians because we just don't have the ammunition. The ammunition that we had and the, that uh, we need to replenish would take four to seven years. So if you take a look at the multi-industrial complex are extending all their money right now to set up the production lines and then wait until something globally happens and mm-hmm. then you're going to make your money on your stocks on the back end when it pops and all those uh, uh, stocks go up uh, exactly. three times. Exactly. War for- is money. War is money. And listen, they're, they're keeping us in a position that uh, we have to put up our hands and surrender in case anything happens there you listen this is by design there's no mistakes this is by design we imported the nazis into this country after world war ii we brought them in through the rat lines these are the children the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren who are right now running this country they were called hippies back in the 60s they're in all the bureaus they're in all the uh the agencies we're so embedded it's treason within the country we're down to the last minute. Who wants to scream? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. well, I just <laughs> wanted to say that, you know, this is a great discussion because it, it is historical in the sense that wars often start when one of the main powers uh, is perceived as being the least prepared for any kind of war. It, it, the Germans thought the Russians were going to attack first, so they had to attack first. The French thought one thing in World War One. It's a perfect example. And that's where we are at the moment. All righty. We're going to go to the break. We'll be back on the other side for the final segment. You're on with Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike. And our guest is Sargis Sengari. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing. Leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Outloud Talk Radio, 
the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. You're on with Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike. Our guest today, Sarges Sengari. It's been a great conversation. This is the final segment. I just want to throw in my last two centavos to uh, my co-host and our guest today on the National Security Hour, where it's liberty and justice for all. Don't forget, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday, on the AmericaOutloud.com network. You can get us on iHeartRadio. You can get us on all the apps, all the platforms. And don't forget, the podcast goes up one or two days after the live show. So my, my two centavos is, look, if this was Trump or a Republican president, the State Department hair would be on fire. Everybody would be on fire. Oh, look what's happening in Bolivia. Oh, look what's happening in Cuba. Oh, 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 oh. But, you know, this just looks like you say, Sergeant, it looks like things are being put in place. Uh, weapons would be, de- would be depleting the weapons even more, whatever we have. And it takes six, seven, like you said, six, seven years. Strategic oil reserves sold to China. <laughs> oh gosh, I wonder what kind of pre- would that would that be? Andrew Jackson? Who would that? Who would have did that? Ulysses Grant. Let's think about who would have did that in the past, right? So what we have is a president totally compromised. Agencies totally compromised, politicized. And I'm going to let Doctor Mike continue on that. Well, I think you have to think that at last we finally have confirmation that both parties are on the take widely uh, as we've had reporting from from Panama by Michael Yan and by other people that there may be over 400,000 military-aged Chinese uh, people in this country, men. And yet I have not heard a single discussion around the recent NDAA or anywhere else that says we got to go find them, pick them up and give them the boot. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's extraordinary situation. They they you know it, it, probably the Bidens are stupid enough to think if the Chinese take over here that they're going to be part of the new uh, the, the new regime, but they're going to be the first to go because they can't be trusted. They're bribable. They're lousy at security, uh, and that and then and the traders always go first anyway if the bad guys win. So. It's a very interesting situation. It's something that we don't seem to have a mechanism in this constitution or in this this uh, society uh, to take care of things when they go this badly. You know, the founders dis- discussed the possibility of including a, pro- uh, a provision in the constitution for an emergency dictator for one year at a time and following the example of the Roman constitution. And I, you know, this is this really makes me think that maybe we missed the boat because there's no one here that can can there's no one here that's doing anything but talking. And uh, I, I think there are many resourceful people in this country that are ready to do things more than talking. And uh, God knows there's enough uh, uh, American veterans out there who are who are in private sector now and who have significant experience in all of these lunatic wars we've waged. And I think we're coming down to that. Uh, there's no hope going to come out of Washington. We're not likely to have a fair election in 2024. And it's going to be up to the people whether or not they, do, they think it's worth the problem to try to be free or they want to fold under the coming uh, uh, billionaire in Chinese administration. Um, you know, Mike, uh, um, 
the Chinese Communist Party is not difficult to break. Um, and they owe us almost a trillion dollars in debt um, and uh, their economy is faltering. Um, the uh, one thing that uh, was a kind of a double-edged sword the uh, whole pandemic issue showed that uh, they're not capable when it comes to um, simply uh, uh, logistics um, when you have to move uh, goods and services all the way from uh, China to here. Uh, a lot of the uh, countries, uh, as I said, moved into Mexico to try to shorten that supply chain to the U.S. Um, China tried to do it through the government of Mexico, tried to do it like everybody else through their uh, workforces, but then they realize that the, actually the unions in Mexico are stronger than the unions in the U.S. And they actually have to sit and negotiate for things that they don't have to negotiate when they're actually uh, given free access by the governments in Africa to what China can do with its money. Um, you know, China basically goes into Africa. They uh, um, uh, bring their money in. They uh, uh, purchase the leadership and the leadership turns around and appoints the generals uh, and the officers who are going to execute, uh, you know, the war uh, against uh, the nation's own people, if need be, uh, to hold power for China. Well, that's so, what we are, isn't it? That's our generals don't give a good damn about it, either winning the wars they're tasked to fight or going after the American people. The, the 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 Pentagon is funding research on so-called American terrorists, you know, who are either religious or Republican or populists. It's it's uh, we're very much on the edge. If something we may be sensing that is coming is a civil war in this country. Well, I I think the American people understand it. I always say to everybody um, when I used to train my soldiers, uh, you know, we would sit in meetings uh, that would be briefed on slides of who somebody is that we're going to go see him. <laughs> you know, they would put the same uh, picture from when the guy was uh, 20 years ago that, uh, you know, somebody had talked to him. Um, and but I would always tell them, just sit there and watch and listen. And then what is your gut saying about this person? And your gut will never lie to you, uh, yeah. given to especially your experiences. And, it, you know, I think most of Americans, their gut tells them one thing. The problem is um, uh, because they don't want to believe it. They try to rationalize it by saying, well, you know, this authority gives these people to do this. I'm sure that they're trying their best to fix this issue, fix that issue. And they basically lie to themselves about the reality of what is facing them. Um, eventually, again, like I said, everything will eventually lead to a uh, major conflict. Um, and that major conflict might be around the corner. Now, look, if there is, let's say, by uh, um, sheer um, uh, God's intervention, that the uh, American voter walks in and says, you know what, I'm going to move my finger from this position to this position, and let's say I'm going to vote out the current POTUS and the Democratic Party out. And if the nominee is going to be, in this case, uh, President Trump, the previous POTUS, um, China, even though they control physically uh, pretty much uh, a lot of the access into Thailand, or I should say, I'm sorry, uh, they, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan, uh, and also they control a lot of the large portion of this economy, and who knows what's going to happen in uh, next year's election in Taiwan. Maybe they'll even have a little bit more of a uh, uh, heavier footprint 
on the Taiwanese government, um, it is very much a possibility that China may have decided that if we're going to have a new POTUS coming in, in this case, Trump, that um, uh, we can't allow uh, what ha- is going to happen to us economically to take place, especially if he comes in and c- clamps down on possible, uh, you know, uh, um, even uh, sanctioning against um, our third party groups uh, like Iran and others. Uh, and if that happens, don't be surprised that they may have to physically, military-wise, move into uh, uh, Taiwan. And that could happen between the uh, transition between one administration to another. That would throw everything into chaos. And of course, uh, instead of us turning our gaze against the enemy, um, they're they're hedging their bets that they've done enough work internally in the U.S. to sow discourse that those seeds of us turning the guns against each other here, whether it be on the streets of Chicago, you know, July 22nd might be an ugly day. Well, we didn't need the Chinese. To, we didn't need the Chinese for that, Sargis. We had Soros. We had the Democratic Party. We've had many inside groups, groups that have that, that have taught that the blacks should hate the whites, the whites should hate the blacks, turning the guns on each other. In the meantime, you know, the puppeteers behind the scenes make the money. You have a great point about China. And uh, they're they're working their hardest right now with their uh, their guys inside America right now, whether they're nationals, whether they're uh, citizens, uh, they're definitely their front groups. And they do have front groups here, many front groups now settled, been here a while in academia, in medicine and so on uh, to push the Democratic Party to make sure Trump will be tied up in lawfare. As far as it can go, you know, it said he never has a chance to even get, let's say, nominated. OK, as we could see with these latest uh, uh, charges that they're going to charge him with. Never, never in the history of America has this happened. I mean, the closest we got to this, Mike, was what, Nixon back then? Yeah. They, they they forced him to resign. Right, Sarge? So that's about it. I mean, look, they're well positioned, but you're right. Uh, we well, There's a trillion dollars. Plus, they owe us much more. And you could find out. What China owes us on the AmericanReport.org. That's the AmericanReport.org. China owes us trillions of dollars. Mary Fanning wrote about it. And and uh, maybe we should put that link in there, Mike, uh, at the footnotes of the show. But I'll tell you what, um, only smarter brains and people that are not corrupted and people who love this country, who, who were either born here and naturalized here and love America, can make it happen. But there's so many traitors now, Sarges. When you just look at Capitol Hill, you look at Washington, D.C., you look at Silicon Valley, you look at Wall Street. You know, these guys, they're the money pythons, you know, not the Monty pythons, but the money pythons. They're just like snakes, snake oil. Go ahead. Continue. Well, look, uh, if you could at least try to decapitate the Chinese Communist Party, which really is a backbone to those people who are making money that are turning around and actually targeting Americans for their own uh, interests financially rather than for the love of patriotism for the nation. Um, China as itself as a geographic location has multiple different cultures and people in them from the Uyghurs to the Falun Gong that are basically uh, uh, being harvested their organs while they're alive by the Chinese Communist Party. Those individuals uh, will turn and absolutely will uh, clean 
internal house of the rest of the CCP. When that happens, these folks that are now working on behest of the CCP for their money will uh, suddenly come to re realize that the money is not there anymore. And uh, I think it will uh, do a lot of a, a much better reset for us here uh, to be able to clean uh, house internally, regardless of who the POTUS is. And I think a lot of your agencies that, as you said, you know, I like take a look at uh, who's uh, trying to join the State Department. You know, it ain't your average uh, guy out of Alabama. You have a lot of uh, um, the two nations that are fighting against each other, India and China. A lot of their um, um, uh, citizens uh, that are here in the United States or American citizens do uh, work and apply to work in the State Department and into the various different agencies. So a lot of the natures I figured out, if you don't fight the fight uh, and the only one who's the main dog, uh, you know, and uh, uh, the house is the United States and go fight it uh, within their systems and their systems are State Department, Department of Defense, and so others. I mean, the, the uh, you have companies here that are tied through blood relations to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, TSMC is one of them, which is an American uh, company. Uh, but TSMC itself, uh, as the heads of TSMC, is tied to what was the old Green Gang, which the Central Intelligence Agency worked with uh, years ago in China. Um, those blood relationships still exist. It doesn't go away, you know, and uh, you have now individuals within these uh, companies that are tied to the Chinese Communist Party that have sons and daughters that attend the, you know, multi-academies. Uh, and uh, go uh, approach a future general officer in the U.S. military and say, hey, your dad, who runs this American company, is tied to the Chinese Communist Party leadership through his blood relationship uh, to this branch, uh, to what the Chinese Communist Party is doing now, internally here and overseas in the various different areas. And you think that person's going to uh, turn against their own family members? It's going to be very difficult for them to do that. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the 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 seeds have been sown. Everything has been set. Uh, but I think if you go for the head of the snake, in this case, the CCP, and is doing a pretty good job of shooting itself in the face, uh, given how it's trying to clamp down and kill its own, uh, you know, multi-force structures, include the, the, you know, the rocket command, as they call it, uh, recently being purged by G. Um, I think you're going to see a much better reset on our timeline of cleaning our own house yeah. from these corrupt people than you would do in the past. Uh, otherwise, as Mike knows, for every five years of damage, it takes you five years to get back to the position one, and then, then you have to now focus five more years. So for every five years of damage, it takes a decade to clean it. But if you go to the head of the snake, it's much more easier to much kind of okay. shorten that uh, timeline. Sarges. Guys, we're down to the last three minutes on the show. Sargis has been wonderful. Yeah. It's a great conversation. Dr. Mike, I agree. You agree. So let's wrap it up. We got three minutes to, before we end it. Dr. Mike, go ahead. I got a just a quick question, Sargis. How it, it, we get so little foreign policy information or foreign foreign information at all in our media these days. So I, I may be exactly wrong, but I've been surprised at the lack of vociferousness in the Arab world, especially about the treatment of the Uyghurs. Uh, it, it it you know the Saudis the great 
the great protector of all Muslims just seem to be sitting there uh, watching what's going on because they're they're make, getting rich with the Chinese. But is there more to it than that? Is there is there more activity to support the Uyghurs that I, than that what I've known what I've heard of so far? They're learning nah. from the. I think they're learning from the evangelicals. Go ahead, Sargent. Yeah, there's there's no money. Um, I mean, there's nothing internally to help the Uyghurs. Uh, look, money talks. Period. And uh, uh, as long as uh, there's an investment in in these uh, folks, uh, whether it be Saudi, Turkey. And everybody else, um, you know, they're 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 content with where they are. Yeah, um, they're not gonna care about you know a Uyghur. And, and the worry from the West is that well, if the Uyghurs become strong, then guess what happens? Then uh, our investment in China falls because now you have another Islamic radical organization, uh, you know, flourishing there. And some of the Middle East countries could care less about that either. Look, if it wasn't for uh, uh, money, terrorism wouldn't exist. Money makes terrorism. It was since Khomeini came into Iran, uh, trillions of dollars have been made by uh, multi um, uh, companies across the globe. If it was a Shah who was trading with uh, weapons with the uh, Israelis and had an educated class, you know, the money that the global community would have made would have been. Uh, not at the level of you make it here. Just like when you uh, look at your house, if you just do nothing more than paint your house every three years, there's not much money being made. But if you uh, tear down your entire uh, kitchen and then redo your driveway, uh, more money is made. Yeah. So, All right, Sargis, let's, let's drop it right there. We, we'll definitely have to continue. This is a great conversation. Dr. Mike, I'm sure you agree. So I want to thank Sarge Sangari for coming on the show. Already, and I want to say again, uh, thanks for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America, and we mean that. And don't forget AmericaOutloud.com with liberty and justice for all, 24/7. The National Security Hour, Monday to Friday, 7 p.m. Thank you. Thank you.